Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Sleeping Giants, the East Anglian Daily Times and Ipswich Stars sports podcast. We've got two Ipswich Town matches to digest today after defeat at Reading last Friday and a first away win this term at Derby County. Add to that an upcoming home tie against recently relegated Aston Villa and there's plenty to talk about. Stuart Watson, our chief football writer at Arch in Suffolk, has joined me for that chat and we'll get the bad news out of the way first, that last gasp defeat to Reading. So Stuart, there were plenty of penalties on Friday night and it doesn't seem that Mick McCarthy was particularly impressed with Reading second in particular. But are Town just on the end of some bad refereeing luck at the moment or has their physical style started to make a rod for their own back? Well, I think he wasn't happy about probably all three penalties in that game to be honest and, and you have to say I agree they were all highly questionable really. It was a shame that the referee decided to take centre stage. There were eight or nine bookings in the match as well. Um, I mean, if you go through them one by one, um, the first one was a handball. I mean, by the letter of the law, I, I don't know what the, what the current sort of ruling is on that. They seem to change it so often, but you know, he's, he's running out of his box to charge down a cross. There's minimal distance between them. Uh, yes, his body is out from his side, but I think it's just the, the natural movement of your body as you're running. Can he do much to sort of get get out of the way of that? It just feels like the punishment doesn't quite fit the crime in that, you know, he's inches inside his own box. It was hardly going to lead to a sort of a, a prime goal-scoring opportunity. They score from that. The, the Ipswich Town one, yes, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's been eased off the ball. It's a, a little sort of shove just when they're underneath the ball. Again, it's, it's a softish one, isn't it? Um, and the last one, I mean, you talk about making a rod for their own back. Again, I think it's soft. I think the, the Reading player, um, Burgess, definitely played for it. He's kind of run into Nudson and, and made sure he's hit the deck quite early. Um, he's played for it, undoubtedly. But Nudson's a, a silly boy because all the warning signs were there. We knew the ref was whistle-happy. Seconds earlier, he'd, he'd pulled up players for push it, pushing and shoving in the area, booked a couple of them. So... Um, Nudson should have known better. He's he's got his arms around the guy's waist, and and he's given given the referee the opportunity to give it. So, as a bit of a silly one there, and uh, but as you say that there's been some some poor refereeing decisions gone against Ipswich in previous games, and it just felt like another uh, kick kick in the nether regions for him really on on Friday night. But um, yeah, a, a silly last gasp one to uh, to give away for sure. Does Town need to be a bit more savvy with things like that, picking up on the referee being a bit whistle happy and things like that? Or is it the sort of thing that you just can't predict for and, and is going to happen however you try and approach it? Yeah, savvy is uh, an interesting word you use because I saw a debate on, on Twitter afterwards from a few Ipswich fans that made me think you know, that there's been a few occasions last season where Ipswich maybe haven't managed games, uh, seen games out at, towards the end of, of games. There was a lot of last gasp goals. Um, ones at, at Forest seems to stick out. There's a few others that, that escape me now. But moments where you'd think with the team that Mick, you know, a Mick McCarthy team, full of you know enough experienced heads, that that uh, they would be able to just ha have enough nous to see those situations out. Maitland Niles gave a penalty away at, at Bolton in, in that two-two game, which was a big turning point. So 
moments like that where you needed someone like your Luke Chambers and your Christoph Berra just to, to get hold of the others and they seemed to just get embroiled in a few things that they didn't need to at that moment in time when they should have been focusing on on defending the next corner instead of worrying about getting involved in some argy-bargy. When it gets to that stage of the match, the last sort of five minutes or so moving into additional time, do the players look a little bit jumpy? Do they look a bit nervous? Can they see, like perhaps probably a lot of the fans do, that sort of thing happening week after week after week? Yeah, I guess I guess it's natural um, th- that you are going to feel that way. They, they had had to weather a fairly severe storm in the first half and... Um, I think all teams do it when you're defending a one-goal lead. You know, certainly away from home, um, you tend to defend that deeper and deeper, and it invites a bit of pressure. And uh, that's the way it is. I mean, to be fair, we we have to say that, that they scored their fair share of last-minute winners last season as well. Um, Pittman got a few, didn't he, off off the bench? And um, you know, it's the cliche that they they even themselves out. And I think actually, in my end-of-season review last season, I think the the points gained and lost from those last guard scenarios was was pretty even to be fair so I, I don't think it's a it's a, a massive a massive sort of uh, thing that needs to be addressed but um, I do think they could have managed those last uh, couple of minutes a little bit better at Reading. Well, now it's not something we associate with this Ipswich team maybe the old teams of, of the Bobby Robson days but we're not expecting town at the moment to go out and run away with games and score a hatful of goals and win by a, uh, a plentiful margin. Uh, the last few games they've had have been quite close in terms of the scoreline but in terms of the teams that they've been playing particularly Reading and Derby how close have they actually been in terms of the matchup between players and styles are they going to be scrapping for similar positions come May or are they going to spread themselves out over the table I think the, the Mick McCarthy approach by its very nature is, is a fine margins affair if you look back over the last four years under Mick uh, I don't think they've scored three goals or more on many occasions they, they rarely get thrashed either do they it's, uh, they're a fine margins team and the championship is a fine margins division by its very nature as you know it's the, again an old cliche but anyone can beat anyone and, and it really is the case so um, looking at the teams they've played so far I thought take away all, all the penalty chat that we've just had about Reading take all that away and I think a draw would have been a fair result and they look very much like two mid-table teams I thought in terms of quality Reading passed it about um, with no real cutting edge. Ipswich worked very hard at trying to stop them, again, with with no real cutting edge. I know we have this big debate about style of football and everything, and and fans want to see this sort of uh, possession style of football. Well, I think that can be just as dull to watch as... uh, as the direct game, I thought Reading, you know, Yapstam has got his sort of Dutch footballing philosophy, but they never really went anywhere with it. I didn't think. Um, Derby was was uh, Derby was a strange one because they they battered Ipswich. It was the Alamo for for the last sort of ten fifteen minutes of of that first half. Town were really sort of clinging on, but um, they've got one goal to their name after after seven matches. Derby spent millions and millions of pounds over the last few years um, they've got one win to their name one one goal to their name and they played some decent stuff but uh, again it's just just proof that um, money isn't everything in this division and of course we'll, we'll be hoping that's the same on Saturday when, when Villa are in town We'll move on to that derby game quickly before we get on to Aston Villa McCarthy said that the Rams were mugged by Ipswich in that 1-0 win but were Ipswich really that under, co- under the cosh for the the majority of the game or is it just sort of the way it's come out in the wash at the end of the day yes uh, to all intents and purposes I guess it was a bit of a, a smash and grab I mean as I said the, the first half 
Derby really did did batter them. But um, and then Ipswich got a goal massively against the run of play. I thought it was a bit of a goalkeeping howler from from Scott Carson. And and uh, after that, you know that they had to do their fair share of defending. But when when you look back through it, for all the for all the pressure Derby had. Most of their shots were from outside of the area. There wasn't the Darren Bent chance aside, which which he spooned over the bar. There wasn't any real sort of uh, guilt edge chances inside the box. And uh, I think you have to give credit to Ipswich for the way they defended. They were they were organised. Um, they they coped well with the bombardment of crosses from from wide areas. Uh, and it was just uh, some classic real body on the line defending. And sometimes I think you have to say that's an art form, and you have to g- give credit to that. So. Um, yeah, I, Mick McCarthy said mugged. You know, we talked about smash and grab. Maybe we're being a little bit disingenuous. It was just a really good defensive away day display. One of the things that we got to see at the iPro Stadium was the debut of Tom Lawrence, who's obviously one of town's season-long loan signings. Uh, is he likely to be a regular feature in the town side over the coming weeks, or is he going to be a bit more of a bit part player? I think before long he will be a regular starter. Um, Mick McCarthy was asked about someone completely different in his post-match press conference and he was clearly champing at the bit to uh, to say something about Tom Lawrence and he, he said, I've just told Tom, you'll, you'll do for me, kid. And he was, uh, he was very impressed at the way Tom Lawrence came into a difficult situation uh, at half-time and uh, hard to judge him in terms of his ability because he had to go in there and, and sort of really run around and, and do a job for the team. But the little glimpses of attacking play we saw from him were were impressive. There was one particularly sumptuous outside of the ball cross uh, that nearly set up Grant Ward in the box. Um, he's clearly not afraid to run about and do the, the gritty stuff, which Mick obviously demands as a minimum. Um, so I see him sort of claiming that, that left-sided slot um, before long because Freddie Sears, unfortunately, looks a, a little bit shot of confidence at the moment. His decision-making's not quite there. Um, as we all know, he's gone thirty odd games without a goal now, and um, that might do him a little bit of good just to just to take a step back. And uh, you know, they might they might use him differently as an impact sub, someone who can come on in his favourite position as a striker uh, and use a bit of pace against uh, tiring legs. That that might be his best role going forward, certainly in the short term, at least. Well, that might be something that the, the town fans can look forward to. I know a lot of them want to see. Freddie Sears used probably more as an out-and-out striker. But that phrase that you said McCarthy used about Lawrence, you'll do for me, lad, is that likely to engender as much excitement among the town fans or is it going to perhaps give connotations that he's going to be used more as a workman and we might not see as much of his flair because he's got to fit into that Mick McCarthy workman-like tracking back team? Yeah, well, Mick wants that from all of his players as a minimum. I don't don't think uh, he cares who you are and... um, Listen, fans always want to see attacking football, and I see some people sort of come up with their uh, their preferred starting 11s on on Twitter, and uh, there's not a single holding midfielder in there, or you know, and there's got to be a balance. Um, the, the question is is uh, is Mick too pragmatic with that balance? I mean, the midfield three of Scoos, Douglas, and and Brew is obviously being called into question uh, in terms of whether it's got that balance. Um, you know, I personally would like to see sort of two two holders and then one more creative spark in there just to give it that that additional balance. I think they're being maybe a little bit too uh, cautious with Teddy Bishop at the moment. Um, you know, you speak to Teddy and, and he feels that his injuries are, 
are behind him now and certainly he says all the medical advice is that he's, he's good to go. He looked good in pre-season, he looked good in his start against Wolves but, but they're wrapping him up in cotton wool at the moment. Um, it might be that you know it was two two tough away games. Mick's gone for a more of a, a battling midfield, and and for the home games he'll uh, he'll bring in a, a Lawrence and a Bishop and and give it a bit more balance in that respect. But I guess the proof's in the pudding, and and they've got three points from two tough away games. It could quite easily have been four points, and that's certainly not to be sniffed at in the championship. Certainly not. And we'll move on to the man who got Ipswich those three points from the game against Derby, Luke Varney, who was also a substitute on at half-time, uh, netted the only goal of the game Tuesday night. I suppose everyone wants to know now, could he have the sort of resurgence in career that Daryl Murphy had, or is that getting a little bit too hopeful? Yeah, I mean, Luke's at a slightly older age, I guess, than, than Daryl Murphy was when he started to have that that big uh, resurgence. Uh, he turns 34 later this month, so, um, you know, he's, he's not getting any younger. Um, but I do think he'll be an excellent short-term fix for, for Ipswich Town and you can see why they've gone back for him um, he's a great positive character around the place you know there's not many players at his age that that got that Achilles injury that, as he did in the playoffs and, and he worked phenomenally hard to, to get himself back on the pitch in, in the time he did and I think that sort of uh, positivity rubs off on others around him and his on-pitch qualities, especially now life after Daryl Murphy, he gives them something different. Um, a big part of Derby's dominance in the first half on, on Tuesday night was the fact that Ipswich couldn't get the ball to stick in the final third um, without Daryl Murphy. And we've talked about how they might have to adapt without him. Um, they weren't able to sort of hold the ball up and, and give the defence a bit of a respite. And um, Brett Pittman, for all his qualities, can't quite do that to, to the same degree as Daryl Murphy. He doesn't look quite right as a lone striker. There was a big gap between the midfield and him, and he was running around chasing lost causes. And uh, look, we've got to give Mick credit. I know people sort of uh, have a pop at his his tactics at times, but uh, he made two early changes at half time. Uh, he got two up front. He had Varney up there alongside Pittman, and all of a sudden they were getting the ball to stick up front and. Um, yeah, t take Varney's goal away from it and uh, I thought his presence uh, was a big part of Ipswich steadying the ship. Is that likely to be a front pairing that we'll see a bit more in recent in uh, the coming weeks, Pittman and, and Varney or do you expect maybe Sears to, to get maybe a bit more of a look, on it, look in if Tom Lawrence does come in on the left hand side? Uh, I'm not sure I can see Varney being a, a starter, I think uh, he's, he's Mick's go-to man as one of the, the first subs um, you know his stats last season show you that um, I think it will be a continuation of this 4-3-3 system um, for the most part. There's a, I think there's a feeling that they're, they're much more solid with that than they are at 4-4-2. Um, if there are games or moments in games like there was on Tuesday where they switch to two up front, then then I guess Varney will be called upon. But um, of course, we, we haven't seen anything of Leon Best yet, um, who... I think we'll, we'll be given his chance sooner rather than later. I think the only reason he's not been used so far has been his lack of pre-season and, and they're getting him up to speed as well. And, and you know, he, he can bring those sort of hold-up qualities as well. So um, we shall see. But I think Varney will be mainly a sort of a, a substitute that can come on and, uh, and help them see out games. 
Up next, we've got Aston Villa. So that's one of the teams, along with Norwich and Newcastle, that uh, Ipswich Town fans said they were most looking forward to seeing when we did our pre-season survey a few months back. How do you see it panning out? How are Ipswich going to line up? Do you think it's going to be a close game? Do you think it could be three points for the home side? Because Villa haven't had the best of starts, have they? No, they haven't. And um, Villa are a really tough one to judge. Um, they've spent so long in, in the Premier League and... and to come down the way they did last season with um, however many points they had 17 I think it was um, just as sort of uh, the winning habit is uh, hard to shake off the losing habit is as well and I don't care what division you're in if you come down and uh, you know that must have sapped so much confidence and morale from both the crowd and and the players there um, they've spent a lot of money just as, as Newcastle have done following relegation I think £50 million pounds plus on, on nine different players um, you look at it and the, I think they've recruited well in, in signing players that know this division well people like Delat and Jednak and Ross McCormack of course um, but it's uh, I think playing playing them at this stage early is good because they're, they're clearly still adapting to life in the championship it's a bit of a culture shock They've got a few injury concerns as well. Um, they, they had a McCormack went off injured to, at half time in, in midweek, um, and I think that they've got a bit of a fragileness about them still at the moment. So uh, first first goal could be crucial. I think if, if Ipswich could get in front, then uh, you know that that could be a bit of a body blow for them. And do you think we're likely to see maybe a slightly more attacking lineup than the sort of very defensive setup that the mix put out in the last couple of games? Um, I think it will. You're only probably be looking at sort of a few tweaks rather than anything sort of massively massive overhaul. I mean, Mick, Mick says that he, he likes to stick with a, a winning formula. They got the one one nil win at, at Derby on in midweek. They they played okay at Reading as well. So the, the, there's no need to sort of completely change things. As I said before, I think maybe just tweaking that midfield just to give it a, a little bit more creativeness uh, in there. Personally, I think Kevin Kevin Brew is sort of uh, most under pressure at the moment. He's had a very uh, inconsistent start to the season. He's kind of been the one that's been given the uh, the freedom and the license to to play almost up off the striker at times. He's looked a little bit lightweight for that role for me at times. So I think maybe you know a bishop for Brew might be a, a change that we could see. Uh, Connor Grant returned to fitness and played left midfield at Derby. Um, having missed a, a few weeks through injury, he didn't quite look up to pace. Personally, I prefer him through the middle than I, than I do sort of wide left. You know, if, if we're looking for a comparison to a player, Peter Whittingham's been one that's been mentioned. Um, you know, more of a sort of a left-footed, creative player that sort of tucks in on the inside. So, whether he starts on the left or whether it's Tom Lawrence as, as we've discussed, or if Freddie Sears is fit again, whether he goes back on the left, but. Um, I think it might be a team similar to the one that finished at Derby that, that starts on Saturday. Very quickly to finish off, you've spoken to Christoph Berra today ahead of the match on Saturday. Uh, what were you talking to him about? What's his feelings about the upcoming match and how things have gone so far? Yeah, really interesting chat with Christoph about the centre-back situation at Ipswich at the moment. He's obviously been uh, a real favourite of Mix, having brought him over from Wolves, been a virtual ever present since Mick's been here um, but the dynamic at centre back as we know has, has changed a little bit with the arrival of Adam Webster or to give him his full title ball playing centre back Adam Webster um, 
Mick McCarthy's compared him to sort of John Stones in terms of his style of play, and uh, we were chatting to Christoph a little bit about that. He was talking about um, what's in vogue um, for the position of centre back at the moment, and and he was perhaps putting his point across a little bit more about uh, the value of uh, defending and and the art and the skill of defending. So that was quite an interesting chat. Um, yeah, full interview in, in the newspapers. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us again, Stuart. That's all for this weekend's Sleeping Giants, and we'll bring you reaction to the Villa game next week, of course. After that, it's a full week before Ipswich travel to Leeds, and we'll preview that next time as well. Thank you very much for listening.